Welcome to Behind the Line, where we pull back the curtain on the challenges facing first responders and frontline workers. The work you do is unique, and so are the stresses that go with it. Join me as we tackle key issues to reduce risks for burnout, and as we work to support you in doing the job you love without sacrificing being the kind of person you want to be. Hey there, and welcome back to Behind the Line. I'm your host, Lindsay Foss. If you're new to Behind the Line, what you should know about me is that I'm a clinical counselor specializing in trauma therapy, and after over a decade working with first responders and frontline workers around issues like burnout, compassion fatigue, PTSD, and related OSIs, I've become a passionate wellness advocate and educator for those who sacrifice so much for our communities out on the front lines. Behind the Line is a place for us to talk about the real-life behind-the-scenes challenges facing you on the front lines. I created this podcast with the hope of bringing easy access to skills for wellness, allowing you to find greater sustainability both on the job and off. I am so glad to have you here with me today as we wrap up our series on small steps for quick wins. This is the fourth installment of small step ideas to help you make quick win gains when it comes to your wellness. Today, I want to share some of the top ways you can use your body to help your brain and support your mental health, wellness, and resilience. Now, I want to start out by being really clear. I am not a fitness trainer or health coach. I'm not a medical doctor or someone who's going to speak into the choices you should be making for your physical health. All of that said, there is a lot of research on the way in which our physical bodies are connected to our mental health and general well-being. And today, I would like to offer some tools you can engage to help your body to more effectively support your mental health and capacity for resilience. I also want to be clear that what you will hear from me today will not involve expectations to purchase a gym membership or spend hours upon hours swimming, biking, or running. If that's something that you're worried about, let that go. I know we all face a lot of messaging and pressures around exercise, fitness, and body image. What we're talking about today has little, if anything, to do with any of that. We are strictly about how to help your body to help your mind and heart. By investing in these tools, you are offering a lifeline to your brain and vicariously building your capacity for resilience. So now that I've told you all the things we aren't talking about, let's go into what we are talking about. Your brain and body are an intertwined system. Your brain offers feedback to your body, and likewise, your body offers feedback to your brain. For example, when your oxygen levels get a little low, your brain sends an alert to your body that forces a yawn, helping to restore oxygen levels. With that, the yawn, a physical activity, it sends an alert back to your brain to let you know that you're feeling sluggish and tired and may need a rest. Your brain and body are in constant communication. Consciously, you may recognize a number of ways this happens, but subconsciously, there are zillions of symbiotic communication loops happening all the time. 
When we know how the brain and body connect with one another, we can use the body as a tool to access supporting and managing the brain when it gets intense. Along with being able to strengthen aspects of our physiological system in an effort to promote capacities in our mental, emotional, and psychological systems. The tools I want to offer you today are pieces that you can do that use your body as an access point to supporting your brain and its related thinking, feeling, relating, resilience capacities. As with all things we've discussed in this series, the more you can engage these tools with consistency, the more effective they will be, and the more effectively they will help you to live in your life. Let's start with number one, heart rate and oxygenation. Okay, here's some backstory. Once upon a time in recent history, research believed that you were born with all of the brain cells you would ever have. That from birth, the complexity of development was by way of how those cells coordinated and wired together, but that no new cell growth was possible and your potential was limited to what you started out with. In fact, the belief was that from birth, the only real thing that happens is cell death. Then, advanced imaging technology discovered that this previously held belief was actually not true. They discovered regions of the brain that have ongoing capacities for new cell growth, meaning that the human potential for ongoing neurological growth and connectivity is far more than we ever knew. Now, when they did this research, they learned something really important. The regions of the brain that showed the most capacity for new cell growth are uniquely oxygen-rich regions in the brain. What this means is that people with more effective cardiovascular health are more likely to have promoted cell growth in these parts of the brain, offering them advantages in potential for learning and growth that surpasses people with less effective cardiovascular health. Now, I started out saying that I wouldn't make you go get a gym membership, and I hold to that promise. I am not saying you need to become a long-distance marathon runner or triathlete. I'm saying that enhancing your cardiovascular health in any way has a direct benefit for your brain. When you make your heart work, you are training your body to move oxygenated blood through your system. Any activities that get your heart rate up support this goal. You can have a dance party for three minutes to your favorite song, take a quick paced walk on your lunch break, or do like 20 jumping jacks. On the flip side, you could also reduce certain things. If you smoke, that reduces your capacity for cardiovascular health. Cutting back your smoking or quitting altogether could really serve as an advantage. Beyond offering your brain more oxygen and giving it new opportunities to reach new levels of potential, cardio-based activities also offer a great opportunity to express pent-up emotional energy. Stress, fear, anger, and a host of other emotions play out not just emotionally, but also physically. There is an energetic component attached to them. 
We want to shake or hit or cry or growl. Moving our bodies gives a mechanism to channel that energy somewhere and move it through and out rather than keeping it stuck and trapped inside. There was a famous clinician who once wrote that depression is anger turned inward. When we trap emotional energy in our bodies with no outlet to channel it through, it burns and burdens and transforms into increasingly difficult things to cope with and heal from. Having a mixture of daily movements that support being able to put this energy somewhere can be really valuable in keeping us more emotionally stable. Having a mixture of situational movements we can access when we're in a moment of particular high energy and need to have somewhere to channel it is also really valuable. These might not be as big. They may be things like shaking your hands out or doing a quick run on the spot or squeezing your toes real hard inside of your shoes. The goal is to give your body a quick release to help it recalibrate in a given moment. When we are able to engage in activities that give somewhere for the energy to go, we give our bodies a tool to tell our brain that we're safe and able to manage regulating ourselves. And this is how our body gives feedback to our brain which then helps alleviate some of the stress feedback your brain offers back to your body. Behind the Line is sponsored by Beating the Breaking Point. Beating the Breaking Point is a seven-part online training program designed specifically for first responders and frontline workers and tailored to fill the gaps in your training to support resilience and sustainability. Whether you're new to the work and wanting to cultivate tools to prevent burnout, compassion fatigue, and related concerns, or you are deep into your years on the job and have gone a few rounds with burnout and other mental health challenges, this program offers the foundational pieces you need to support personal and professional wellness for the long haul. You are a helper. You love your work and you sacrifice a lot. Investing in you and your sustainability is the best gift you can give yourself and those who lean on you. We make this program as risk-free as possible by offering a limited money-back guarantee to ensure that it's a fit for you. If you enjoy Behind the Line, you are going to love this program. Google Beating the Breaking Point Lindsay and find everything you need to get started or use the link in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. Okay, number two, muscle tension. When your muscles tense, it sends a feedback alert to your brain that there's something going on worth tensing up for. Your survival-centered brain interprets this as indicating threat must be lurking, and further increases muscle tension to keep you at the ready to be responsive to whatever the potential risk might be. As you carry this tension over time, this feedback loop further and further entrenches itself. Working to intervene at the level of our muscle tension can send a new piece of information to our brain that the threat has lessened, and our brain can then come down a bit which allows it to send an alert to your muscles to relax a bit more, 
and so on and so forth. We can use the exact same feedback loop to our benefit if we can mindfully intervene in it rather than ignore it or unhelpfully feed into it. Engaging in light stretching whenever you notice muscle tension coming up. Regularly engaging in yoga or related stretching practices. And using tools like massage, heat, and magnesium supplementation can all support building a new feedback loop that helps your brain retrain toward calm. One of my favorite parts of my day is my bedtime routine when I take my magnesium supplement, which acts as a natural muscle relaxant, and I do some light stretching of the muscle groups that I hold the most tension in before crawling under the covers and relaxing into my pillow. I know the parts of my body that carry tension and stress most, and I have researched key stretches that I can often be found doing quickly between sessions or while I walk to my car at the end of the day. Tools even like an electric massager that can sit on a chair or a foam roller or an electric heating pad, these can all be used in ways that can support releasing and relaxing muscle tension to offer a new message to your brain about where you're at. Okay, and number three, muscle strength. Your body is constantly offering feedback to your brain. We've named that. Things like your posture, your capacity to gather a deep breath, and related pieces tell your brain something about how you're doing and what it needs to be doing to keep you safe and okay. Engaging in strengthening activities can support you in a host of ways. I'll give you an example. When I had my kids, my body went through a ton of changes, but among them was some significant postural changes. I suddenly lacked a lot of core strength and was hunching over lifting babies, carrying babies, rocking babies, feeding babies, and all of this led to a kind of collapsed posture. I felt tight across my chest from hunching over to nurse or to cradle, and my back muscles and core muscles weren't strong enough to compensate. This collapsed posture impeded my ability to have the same depth of diaphragmatic breath and led to a lot of other pain, discomfort, and tension. All of this served to tell my brain something is wrong. We're not okay. And so I would feel more anxious and stressed for absolutely no definable reason at all. I went to see my chiropractor who encouraged me to really focus on strengthening my back muscles to help pull my chest more open and to strengthen my core to help build up my diaphragm more effectively. That advice was a game changer and made a tremendous difference in the experience I was having in my body as well as my emotional wellness. I'll even tell you it really impacted the quality of my sleep and that in and of itself was a huge for my mood. So where are you hurting in your body? Where does the tension live? Where are you overcompensating? What movements do you engage in regularly that may benefit from some functional mobility work and strengthening? Beyond the functional movement pieces, strengthening practices also communicate to our brain an affirming sense of readiness and preparedness. Our brain likes when it feels like we are capable and ready to respond to anything. 
It feels calmed by believing that we are set. When we strengthen our bodies, even in small ways, it sends a signal to our brains that we are a little more prepared to handle something if it came our way than we might have been otherwise. And this lets our brain calm down a little bit and trust that if shit hit the fan, we're more capable of handling it than we might have otherwise been. There's something empowering about feeling stronger. I'm not suggesting that everyone needs to become bodybuilders. I'm certainly not holding myself to that standard, but focusing in on practices that allow us to feel stronger benefit us in body, mind, and spirit. I hope these suggestions offer something for you. I know we are bombarded by messaging around our bodies, and I don't for a second want you to take from this that your body isn't good enough. What I want you to take from this is that how you make use of your body can have a direct impact and influence on how you're feeling. I want this to hit you in a way that inspires you to use your body to create a greater sense of empowerment and control over your greater health and wellness, physically, mentally, emotionally, all of it. Every time you do any of the things I mentioned today, you are helping your brain and vicariously your brain can give better to you in your life. For those of you who are part of the Beating the Breaking Point support experience, you'll find a new infographic tool posted to the training vault that outlines what we've talked about today and can be a prompt to remind you what you can do to use your body to help shift your brain. If you haven't yet registered for Beating the Breaking Point, go check the link in the show notes. And if you have any questions about joining, email me at support at thrive-life.ca. As we wrap up today, let me remind you that if you value this podcast and want to help us in our mission to support frontline wellness, there are three ways you can do exactly that. Number one, rate and review Behind the Line on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Number two, follow me on social media at Lindsay A. Foss and engage with me and this amazing little community that we're building there. Every time that you like, comment, and share our posts, you help us to spread like wildfire thanks to the magic of the algorithm. And number three, share this resource and our other resources with those you know. I love hearing about teams who are listening to the podcast during meetings, Workplaces who use our free burnout indicators checklist as a staff-wide self-assessment tool. We want to see these resources in the hands of everyone who needs them, so feel free to share them far and wide. Know that we can be found online on our website, on most major podcast platforms, as well as on YouTube. We make all of our resources available to you because the work you do matters. But more than that, you matter. And we want to make sure that you have what you need to keep up the good work at work, as well as in your real life outside of work. So use it and share it. And until next time, stay safe.